Afro, I was mentioning that um, as a general kaida in the lessons and the dorots, we'd want to go through the um, just recap what we covered previously. Um, no, no, that's just good practice when it comes to uh, uh, seeking to retain that that end that we are we are seeking. But just due to time constraints and the, the fact that there's a short space of time between the beginning of the lesson and Salat al-Isha, we'll just have to go straight into the, the today's lesson. Um, but when time allows, then the, the, the practice generally will be to, you know, recap. And um, it'll be a similar manhaj to where we go through the 40 hadith, where I'll just ask someone, inshallah. Um, so what that should encourage you to do, inshallah, is to uh, revise what we went through previously and it shouldn't encourage you to not turn up so you don't get you don't get picked now so it should encourage you to revise bit ta'ala so that if you're asked you know la inshallah you should be prepared with an answer by the color people now uh so as for today we've uh we've already mentioned as, as we said the shurutul wudu and so shaykh shaykh islam abdul aziz Ibn Abdullah ibn Baz, rahimahullah, he mentions after that the furud of wudu, i.e. the wajibat, the obligations of wudu. And he mentions the furud of wudu are made up of six. These are the wajibat of wudu. So the first is Rasul al-Waj. Wa minhu al-madmada wa istinshaq. So the first of them is washing the face. So the first obligation in wudu is washing the face. And what is inclusive of that is the madmada or istisha, yani the, the taking the water out of the nose and expelling it, as well as the gargling the water in the mouth whilst expelling it. This is all regardless, all inclusive of the face. So when we discuss and when we mention that uh, from wudu is washing the face, then madmada or istisha is inclusive of that. A person that does not do the madmada or istisha, rather, then they have not washed the face. And thus they haven't performed the wudu in the correct manner. Now, after that, the second is the ghusl al-yadayn. Ma'a, ma'al mirfaqayn. Ma'al mirfaqayn. So the second is washing the limbs, or washing the two, the, the two hands or the arms. Ma'al mirfaqayn, and inclusive of the elbow. Inclusive of the elbow. The third is mas al mas al mas harats maluznain. So the third is wiping over the head with the ears as well. Wiping over the head with the ears. Now, the fourth is Ghusl al-Rijlain ma'al Ka'bain. The fourth is washing, now washing the feet up to an inclusive of the ankles. Fifth is a Tartib that is done in order. And the sixth is a mawala. Now that is done, uh, each limb is washed 
in a relatively short title, uh, they're done one after the other. There's no gap between the washing of each limb. Now, so these are the six. If you look at the first four, what do the first four have in common? If you look at the first four, what do they all have in common? No, because one's mess. What do the first four have in common? Okay. Let's go over the first four again. Now and see maybe see the point I'm I'm trying to get at. The first is washing the face, inclusive of the Madhwada Western Shark. Now Madhwada Western Shark. That's the first one. The second one is Ghusl Yadain Ma'an Mirfaqin. So washing the arms and inclusive of the elbow. The elbows. The Third one is al uh, is al mash, yani mash al rats, mash al rats. wiping over the head, and that's inclusive of the is. And then the fourth one is ghusl rijlain ma al kabein, yani washing the feet, yani including the ankles. Jagged. Naam. So they're all inclusive of something. And so it's important to understand when it comes to these four, the first four that we're mentioning now, whether it be the ghusl or the mahs, whether it be the washing or the wiping, that there's something that goes along with it and that's inclusive of that. So as you mentioned, when it comes to washing the face, naam, that washing the face it includes the taking the water in the nose and gargling in the mouth. Naam, if this is missed out, then it's not, it's not regarded as washing the face. Naam, likewise, when you wash the limb, when you wash the limb, the, the arm, from the fingertip all the way to the, to the um, elbow. Naam, and it's inclusive of the elbow. It's inclusive of it. So, as we understand, if a person washes up to the elbow, misses out the elbow, then they haven't washed the arm in the manner that it should be washed. So, likewise as well, wiping the head. When wiping the head, what is inclusive of wiping the head? The ears. So a person cannot just wipe their head and say that they've wiped their head if they missed out the ears. Naam. And then finally, the washing of the feet. The washing of the feet is inclusive of what? The ka'bain, the ankles. So the person doesn't wash up to the ankle and miss out. Naam is a wash and include the ankle. Naam, Toyum. And thereafter as well, it mentions the Tarati that is, meant, that is done in a particular order. And thereafter, that each limb is washed one after the other. Naam, so it's something which is done I, consecutively. And there's no, there's no breakage in between. Naam. And the Sheikh bin Ba'ez goes on to mention, وَهَذِهِ فُرُودُ الْوَضُوءُ لِكَوْلِهِ جَلُّ عَلَىٰ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمُنُوا 
إذا كنتم إلى الصلاة فاقسلوا وجوهكم وأيديكم إلى المرافق وامسحوا برؤوسكم وأرجلكم إلى الكعبين. And the delay for that is the statement of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Oh, you believe if you come to stand in the salah, then wash your faces and your, uh, your hands or your arms to the elbows. Wipe your head and wash your feet to the ankles. And this is the ayah which is found in Surah Al-Ma'idah. وَلِأَنَّ اللَّهَ رَتَّبَهَا سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى فَوَجَبَ تَرْتِيبَهَا إِبْدَعُ بِمَا بَدَعُ اللَّهُ بِهِ الْحَدِيثِ And so, due to the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He began with this, this particular tartib, this particular order. Naam, Allah ta'ala mentions the wudu in the ayah. You know his first word? Wash the face. Thereafter, the arms. Thereafter, wipe the head. Thereafter, washing the feet. Naam. And so, the hadith as well, which is taken from the hadith, referring to uh, a hadith of uh, Jabin Abdullah, which is the hadith referring to Hajj. However, we understand the general qaida by way of it. Naam. So the hadith mentions, Ibda'u bima bada Allahu bihi. I begin with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala began with. So what's the context in this hadith? We're talking about the hadith of Hajj. What's the context of this hadith? Naam. So beginning, beginning with the generally the monastic. Naam. So the monastic al-Hajj. Naam. And we're referring to the um, Naam. That's the the the, the sa'i of Safa wa Marwa. Why? Because Allah Taala begins with Naam. Mentioning Safa first. So the person begins the the sa'i, either going the the, the walking or running between Safa and Marwa. It begins with Safa. Why? Because Allah Taala mentions this first. Naam. But however, due to that narration, we take the general qaida, the general principle that if Allah Ta'ala mentions something, first we begin with that as well. And so Allah Ta'ala mentions this particular order of the washing and then the wiping. And so we begin in this particular, we, we, carry, we continue with that particular order when performing the wudu. Because we begin with that which Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala began with. Naam. A question, and I, I don't know if I've asked you before, maybe another another place or another mawdu'a. Anyway, Allah Kulli will ask anyway. This ayah, when it says, Ya ayyuhu alladhina amanu, ila kumtum ila salati faqsilu wujuhakum bil fatha on the ha, wujuhakum. So wash your faces. Naam, the wujuh within this ayah, ahlu nahu, What's the what's the irab of it? Or what do we say? Is it fa'il maf'ul, mubtada khabar? What is it? Maf'ul bihi? Taib? And what's the sign? And what's the alamat anas bihi? Why is it maf'ul? Fatha. Taib wujuh. Wa aidiyakum. Nafsu shayn. Aidiyakum likewise. Because they're talking about the ghusl. So wash your faces. Likewise, wash. The hands. Naam. Ila al-marafiqi. Wamsahu. Bi ru'usikum. Ru'us. Bi ru'usikum. What's ru'us now? Is? It's a majroor because of? The harfajah. The bath. So it's now majroor. Wa arjulakum. 
It goes back to the the ghusl. Naam. Does that make sense? Time. There is a qira'ah, which is Mu'tabara as well, where it mentions, يعني, وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُوسِكُمْ وَأَرُجُوا لِكُمْ Naam. So then, what is understood by that, by way of that, is wipe over the heads and the feet. Naam, wiping the feet. Now, in the Allah Yahdihim, the Rafida, they will say due to this kira'ah, this is why we wipe over our feet in wudu. Naam, they say this is this due to this uh, this ayah, for understanding of the ayah, we wipe over the heads, as everyone does, but then they say in wudu, they wipe over the feet. Naam, due to this kira'ah. What do we say in response to that? Is the question clear, first of all? No. Check it. First of all, now. Referring to wiping over the socks. And likewise, what else would we say? No. Generally speaking, that there's no narration that mentions the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wiped over the feet. Naam. Any anything to do with the wudu mentions that the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam washed the feet. And any wiping is only in relation to the socks. So if we were to understand the ayah by way of wash, uh, wiping over the feet, then this is in relation to wiping over the feet that have the socks. Naam. And not the, the feet generally speaking. Naam. Tell you. Thereafter, we understand as well that these are the obligations of wudu because this is the manner in which the Prophet ﷺ performed the wudu. This is the manner in which the Prophet ﷺ performed the wudu. And so these are the, and this is the proof for the five, the first five of the furud. Naam. So the, fir- the first one is what, ikhwa? What's the first obligation of wudu? Washing the face. Second? The hands. Naam. Or the, or, or the arm up to the elbow. The third? The what's what? Wiping over the head. Naam. The third? Wiping over the head. Naam. The fourth? Washing the feet. Up and to and inclusive of? The ankles. The fifth? Tartib. Aye, that's the the uh, the five that are all inclusive in the ayah. So, as for the sixth and mawala, that they wash each body part consecutively, one after the other, without a gap. Now, um, then the proof is, as mentioned, the dalil for that is the narration found in Surah Nabi Dawood. Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So when the Prophet sallallahu saw a patch of skin, a dry patch of skin upon uh, the individual, upon the man. I so this was an indication that what? He hadn't done what? Naam. 
So it was just it was the amount of a small coin. Now in the space of a small coin. And so he saw that he had not washed this part, this body part properly. He وسلم, commanded him to go back and re repeat the wudu and repeat the salah. He commanded him to go back and repeat the wudu and repeat the salah. And so how is this a proof for this 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 final um this final uh farid in the faraid in the farud? Naam. So the fact that he, he وسلم, commanded the man to go back and repeat the whole wudu Naam. rather than commanding him just to go wash his feet again. Because that's the last part. Naam, the last part is the washing of the feet. Rather than telling him to go and do the last part again. Naam. And then and thus he would have still have done so in Tartib. He would have still have done so in order. He told him to go and repeat the wudu from the beginning. Does that make sense? So a time, a, a period of time had passed, meaning that he had to go and repeat, repeat the wudu from the, from the beginning. Now, thereafter, Sheikh Ibn Baz goes on to mention one nawakid, thamania, and so the things that break the wudu are eight, and he goes on to say in the gentleman ahlul in. So he says, in the German Ahl al so from a group from Ahl al Meaning, and we understand from that, is that this is not something which is, yani Ahl al-Ijma'ah. Now, it's not a consensus upon these eight. And you're going to find some aspects of the eight which are mukhtalifan, fiha. Now, so there's going to be some of the nawaqid which Ahl al differ upon. Now, but he's mentioned eight amongst them anyway. Now, and he goes and say, So some mention eight, and then others from Ahlul Ilm mention less than eight. Naam. They mention less than eight. Taib. The first of them is Al Kharij min al Sabilain. Naam. And so that which, is, that, which end, that which leaves the front or back passage. Min al Bow wal Ghaid. So whether that be from urine or excrement. And anything that is in the that has the same ruling as it, leaving the front or the back passage. Even the front or the back passage. Naam. Thereafter, he mentions وَخَارِجَ الْفَاحِشْ النَّجِسْ مِنَ الْجَسِدِ كَالصَّدِيدِ وَالْقَيْحِ وَالْقَيْحِ إِذَا كَانَ كَثِيرٍ أَمَّا قَلِيلٍ فَيُعْفَ عَنْهُ وَزَوَالَ الْعَقَلِ نعم أفهم So the next one is anything which is regarded as being impure leaving the body if it's in large amounts نعم if it be for example pus or vomit and the like of that Again, this is from the aspects that are differed upon. Now, these are from the, this is one of the one of the the forms that are differed upon. So, the first, of course, if a person urinates, nam, or he goes to the toilet, passes the stool, then this is something agreed upon. That this is breaks the wudu. As for any form of impurity leaving the body, 
any form of other form of purity leaving the body, like someone vomits in large amounts. This some Ahlul Ilm say this would break the wudu, where others say it doesn't. Da'am. Was the wal al akal bin known? Was the wal al akal bin known? And the next is the person's intellect, then the removal of someone's intellect by way of sleep. Naam, by way of known, or sukur, or marat. Naam, so if a person intellect is removed, whether they are sleeping, or they become intoxicated, or they become sick. Naam, إِذَا زَالَ أَكَلُهُ ثُمَّ عَادَ أَكَلُهُ So if his consciousness is removed, and then it returns, at the point of returning, the point of to perform the wudu. Naam. So if he loses consciousness by way of sleeping, when he wakes up, no doubt, and he performs the wudu. If he loses consciousness by way of he becomes intoxicated, once he's, he becomes sober again, he performs the wudu. Naam. And likewise, if a person has an illness that causes them to lose consciousness or to cause them to lose their senses and their intellect, then once their intellect returns to them, then they perform the wudu. Naam. Thereafter, Shaykh Mubazi mentions, وَلَّمْسُ الْمَرْعَى بِالشَّهْوَةِ in the جَمْعِ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ And touching the woman with desire, and this is the opinion of some of Ahlul Ilm. وَقَالَ آخَرُونَ لَا يَنْقُدْ فِي خِلَافِ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ وَصَوَابْ عَنَّهُ لَا يَنْقُدْ الراجح مِنْ أَقْوَالْ عَنَّهُ لَا يَنْقُدْ لِأَنَّ الرَّسُولَ صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يقبل بعض النساء ثم ثم لا يتوضا المؤلف جرى على طريقه الحنابله في هذا في هذا رحمهم الله واما القول او لامستم النساء فالمرابه الجماع هكذا المس نعم نعم طيب and so as mentioned here some of them they say Touching the woman with touching woman with desire, naam, is something that breaks the wudu. And others from Ahlul Ilm mention it does not break the wudu. Sheikh Mubazi mentions this is khilaf, this is a difference of opinion amongst the Ahlul Ilm. And that the strongest of the the strongest of the two opinions, and that which is correct of the two, and Allah Taala Allah Taala Alam, is that it does not break the wudu. It does not break the wudu. Why? Because the Messenger of Allah وسلم, would kiss some of his wives and then not perform wudu. There's narrations where he would kiss his wives and then not perform the wudu. And Shaykh Mubaz mentions that the, the Mu'allif, yani referring to Shaykh Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab, he's taking the opinion of the Hanabila. I the scholars from the Madhab of Imam Ahmed who take the opinion or some of them that take the opinion that touching the womb of desire is something that breaks the wudu. And the delil for that, that they have for that, is ayah in Surah Nisa where Allah Ta'ala mentions Ola Mastumun Nisa. And or if you touch the women. However, Shaykh Mubaz mentioned, he clarifies, 
this word la mastum, either touching, is referring and the intent is touching them by way of sexual relations. Naam by way of sexual relations and not just merely touching or touching with desire. Thereafter, Shaykh goes on to mention, how can the Messal Farj be yet naqid? The Quran says, "Allah is the one who made the Messal Farj, and Naam. And so, likewise, the touching of the private part. Shaykh Abbas mentioned this is from the Nawaqid of Wudu. The seventh mentioned here, and again, this is one which is differed upon. But the seventh affair is taqsil al mayt in the German Ahlul Ain. Is washing the dead. So, washing the deceased, some would regard that as being, some from the scholars regard that as being, naqid min waqid al wudu. Something that nullifies your wudu. I washing the deceased. And they mention in, uh, in terms of his reasoning, because generally speaking, the person could end up touching the aura of the deceased. And if you go back to the understanding, if you go back to what we discussed previously, that touching the private part breaks the wudu. So now of the understanding that if you touch the private part, naam, you touch the private part of the deceased, and it's something that kind of break the wudu. وَلِأَنَّهُ حَسَلْ لَهُ مِنَ الضَّعْفِ نعم ما هو جدير بأن يتوضأ حتى ترجع إليه القوة ترجع إليه قوته ونشاطه and likewise the one that is performing that is performing this ghusl this can cause an, a degree of ضعف weakness within him and so they, they those scholars are of the opinion that you perform wudu afterwards they say that in order to, re to bring back that strength to you, then you should perform the wudu after uh, doing the ghusl. Why do, they, why do they say that it brings about weakness? This action of, of washing the disease. Don't think too hard. Why do you think? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Lifting a, lifting a body, or lifting an individual. Now, if a person weighs a particular amount, after they're deceased, they still weigh that amount. Now I'm saying it's going to be difficult to lift somebody. And so, due to that, if, especially if a person, for example, they're not there doing the washing by themselves, or they're doing the washing and, it's, and there's, not a, there's not a large amount of people that are aiding them, then it's going to be more difficult. Just like if you're lifting anything that is of, that is of significant weight. And so this is what is the general understanding from this. Now, And so thus... We go on to the, the next naqid, Nawakil Wudu, Arridda al Islam. I the one that uh, apostates from Islam. Wayyadu billah. Ida tawadda, thumma atabi mukafir. Thumma hadahu Allah wa tab yaid al wudu. And so, it mentions that if a person performs wudu, so they're in the state of wudu. And then they do something that is of kufri and it causes them to, causes them to leave Islam. And thus, after that, Allah Ta'ala guides them and guides them to making tawbah. 
Then upon them is to repeat their wudu. Upon them is to repeat their wudu. And so, Sheikh Ibn Baz goes to the mission, Hadi Thamania, Qalaha Jam Ahlul Ilm. So these eight are established by a jama'ah amongst Ahlul Ilm. Wahua Mathab al Hanab Rahimahumullah, Wakala Akharun, Innaha Akal Mindarik. And this is the Mathab of the Hanab, let's say the eight. And others mention that they're less than that. Naam, Minha al Khuruj, al Fahish, Wa Najis, Min Ajasid, Mahuna Kadli, Wadih fin Nakdihi, Innaha Hua Bab, Rehtiadi Hadif, Naam, Qa'a, Fatawadda'a. And so, as for the removal or any form of uh, uh, something which is impure, impurity, rather, that exits from the body. And this, and thus with that, they say that the person, if it's in large amounts as well, thus with that they say that the person must perform wudu, then there's no um, firm delil that mentions that this is the case. Rather, this is mentioned in Bab al-Ihtiyat. And this is due to the fact that the scholars that say this are taking the safe option due to the narration that mentions that the person, Naam, he, uh, he vomited, Naam, and so and so he regurgitated and then performed although. And likewise, as we mentioned, the washing or, or the, the, um, Form the wudu of touching the woman with desire. We mentioned that in detail previously. Likewise, the washing of the deceased. There's no clear proof for that. I washing of the deceased that the person has to perform wudu after it. And so, if we remove those three, then we have eight, then we have five from the eight. Naam. And if the person was to say that the one leaving Islam does not nullify the wudu, then we say that the waqil of wudu are then four. Naam. The waqil of wudu are four. Naam. And then the Shaykh mentions that the maqsood, arba abwadiha adillatiha, wa arba fiha khilaf bin ulama. And so what is understood by way of that is that there are four where there are clear-cut proofs that these are from the work of wudu. Whilst there are four that are different, different, different amongst the scholars. Naam, there are four that are different amongst the scholars. And these are the khuruj al-fahish, yani the, the, any form of impurity that leaves the body, the touching of the woman with desire, washing the deceased, and likewise the one um, that apostates from Islam. This is mahal al-khilaf, that there's degree of differing in, re in relation to that. Allah Ta'ala A'lam. Thereafter, we have the fifth condition, Ashat al-Khamis. Ashat al-Khamis mentions that previously we mentioned the four. So we mentioned the four conditions, Islam, Al-Aql, Tamiz, and Tahara. Naam, so the person has to be Muslim. He has to have sound intellect. He has to have Tamiz. Tamiz meaning what, Ikhwah? That, the sermon, and tahara, that he has performed, he's in a state of purity. The fifth is al-izala or izala al-najasa, 
من الثلاث الثوب والبدن والبقعة that the person removes the impurity from three places نعم from three places from the thawb نعم from the so from the garment they can't have any impurity upon the garment can't have any, any impurity نعم upon the body itself and can't have any impurity upon the book in the place where they're performing the salah this is, so this is the fifth condition لابد أن يكون المصلي طاهرا في ثوبه نعم so the first he has to be pure in his clothing his clothing has can't have any impurity on it نعم وبدنه and his and his uh, his uh, body itself وبقعته يعني محل الصلاة where he's performing the salah فإن صلى في ثوب نجس أو في بقعة نجسة أو في بدن نجس لم تصح صلاته So if he prays, نعم, and there's impurity on his clothing, or he prays whilst he is he's praying in, the, in a place that is impure, or he's praying and there's some impurity upon his body, نعم, then his salah is not correct. This is important as mentioned here. Is that kana dhakiran aliman? If he is well aware of that, نعم, so it is in his knowledge. So he has knowledge of the fact that he's performing the, the salah and uh, he, something has impurity, whether his clothes, his body, or his place of praying. Naam. So for example, he sees some impurity upon his clothing and he remembers that he has impurity upon his clothing and that's begins the salah. Naam. Let us see his salah. And the salah is not correct in that regard. Because he remembers, he's well aware. And he has knowledge of that. Naam. Amma idha kan jahilan o nasiyan and so as for the one that is jahil so he doesn't know he doesn't know there's impurity say for example he's praying and there's impurity behind on the on the back of his clothing so he doesn't know Naam. or he's seen there's some impurity on his clothing but he's forgot and he's performed the salah Naam. in this scenario then the salah is correct uh, upon the correct opinion, upon the correct opinion that is correct. So again, this is referring to the fact that there may be khilaf in this regard. Some of the scholars may say that as long as there's, no, there's impurity, whether he knows or not, then the salah is in, the salah is invalid. Whilst others mention, and this is the correct opinion, Allah Taala knows best, that if he does not know, he's jahil in that regard. He's ignorant to, in relation to the impurity. He doesn't know that there's impurity in his clothing or his body or his, his place where he's praying, or he did know at some point. But he forgot. Then in this regard, the salah is correct. لِأَنَّهُ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ صَلَّى فِي نَعْلَيْهِ وَبِهِمَا خُبْثِ نعم فلما أطلعه جبريل خلعهما نعم خلعهما ولم يعد أول الصلاة مع عموم قوله تعالى رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَخِذْنَا إِنَّ صِينَا وَأَخْطَعْنَا and so, the reason why we say that this is the stronger of the opinion, if a person doesn't know that there's an impurity, نعم, or he forgot and he remembers afterwards, is due to the fact that when the Prophet ﷺ was praying the salah and there was some impurity on his shoes, نعم, some impurity on his footwear, and Jibreel came to him نعم, and informed him of that, he ﷺ, what did he do? 
He removed them. But at the important point, he removed them but did not repeat the salah from the beginning. Now he continued with the salah, alayhi salatu wasalam. So he continued with the salah. So we understand by way of that that if the person is jahil and it comes to their attention, Naam, then it doesn't mean now that it's something which nullifies the salah and then they have to repeat from the beginning. And likewise, we have the general ayah where Allah Ta'ala mentions, Oh, our Lord, do not take us into account that which we forget or we have fallen into error with. Naam. What najasa al-murad at-takhalus minha mahiya min jins at-tuhara. At-tuhara ibadah madluba li أَمَّا النَّجَاسَ فَالْمَقْصُودَ تَخَلَّصْ مِنْهَا مِنْ ثَوْبِ أَبْدَنِهِ أَبْقَعَتِهِ فَهَا فَإِذَا نَسِيَهَا أَوْ جَهَلَهَا فَصَلَاتُهُ صَحِيحَةٌ صَلَّى فِي ثَوْبٍ نَجِسٍ نَاسِيًا أَوْ جَاهِلًا أَوْ حَصَلَ فِي أَوْ حَصَلَ عَلَى بَدْنِهِ نَجَاسَةً لَمْ يَذْكُرْ ذَلِكَ وَلَمْ يَعْلَمُهُ أَوْ وَلَمْ يَعْلَمُهُ وَلَمْ يَعْلَمُهُ أَوْ فِي بُقَعَتِ ظنها طاهرة فبانت غير طاهرة صلاته صحيحة على الصحيح. so we understand by way of the affair of tahara and the affair of najasa as well that this affair of impurity the the intent or or the intent or the reason why we are aware of impurity so that we can remove it from us. نعم so that the 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 reason why we have knowledge of what the impurity is is so that we can remove it when we have knowledge of it. Naam, and that's why we are aware of Tahara as well, so that it can, we are aided in removing the impurity. But specifically, Naam, and this is the maqsood, this is the intent. When we understand, when we understand impurity on our clothing, impurity in our bodies, impurity when it comes to the place that we're performing the salah. As for the one that has, ja- or has jahil, Naam, he's ignorant in relation to the, his body, or in relation to the way, the place that he's praying, or relation to his clothing. Naam. And so thus that which occurs from him is a degree of impurity. But he's not aware. Naam. Or he doesn't remember. Then, in reality, that which is sahih is that he remains in the state of tahara. Naam. And he is tahir in relation, and his salah is, is accepted. And Allah Ta'ala knows best and that concludes insha'Allah what we wished to discuss today in relation to the shurut of the salah and insha'Allah ta'ala in our next lesson we will go through the next condition which is the the sixth condition shad as-sadis and whichever condition Allah ta'ala allows us to whatever Allah ta'ala allows us to go through thereafter as well Allah ta'ala a'lam fa barakallahu fikum وجزاكم الله خيرا وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم